Afternoon, everyone. Well, it's afternoon where I am. Uh, I don't know where you guys are, but um, welcome back to another Racing Matters podcast. Um, Becky, we actually recorded one just yesterday, so I was going to ask you the normal stuff like, how's your week? How's your fitness regime? <laughs> how's COVID? But I saw you yesterday and we speak about a million times a day, but just, yeah. just because we'll pretend we've had a week, how's it going? It's good. It's good. Um, not a whole lot's changed apart from it's gotten really cold and my heating decided to pack up on the weekend. Really? Um, what? At your, yeah. at your, at your, lo- your current lodgings in the West Wing or at, your, or at your flat in, in London? Or, so, so many properties that <laughs> we sometimes lose track. I'm still at my parents' house. You're still dossing? Till the new year and then I actually am going back to London. Yeah, and then and then you'll you'll go back on the Monday and come back home on Friday <laughs> yeah. afternoon. Yeah, I know. I used Sounds to, about I, right. I used to live that life. Um, okay, so Becky, quick question for you: Have you ever considered or even started a new social media channel or content channel with the specific purpose of you know that subject rather than just you know Becky pictures? No, I actually haven't. Not one for the for the eventing or the jumping around. No, I I just did all of that on my personal account. Um, I create I I only joined Twitter like three weeks ago, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, you're the wrong person to ask. Well, maybe let's ask someone who maybe does have uh, more of an input here. So we're joined today by Hannah Baycroft, who, uh, for those of you that don't know, has fairly recently, I would say started a, a racing specific youtube channel um she obviously has instagram and all the other stuff that most people um have these days uh, first of all hannah hello hello thank you very much for having me not at all we're a very open and inclusive podcast um i think we do have a lot of questions for you because i think a lot of our listeners would be interested in this we we had katie uh, clements and will kajani on the other day talking about um, racing and social media and the general ecosystem um, of of the sport online. Um, I think what just to fill in everyone, um, just give us your kind of racing story, the elevator pitch of how you found yourself, um, you know, involved in racing. Um, well, it's a bit of a random one, really, and I think um, for most people, when I tell them the story, they're like, "Oh, okay." So it all started um, this year, but um, obviously it's been a bit of a weird year so I've had to think outside the box but I tell you sort of you know a bit of background about me so um I'm I'm a presenter but I went to a performing arts college so I'm a dancer all singing all dancing all that um but we did a bit of presenting when we were at college because our principal was actually really good friends with um Anton Deck so we were super lucky because we got to you know practice their scripts and things and I ended up picking it up quite quite quickly and I thought you know what this is something I'd like to do Um, and then I graduated performing arts college and then went to my normal auditions and you know I always kept open about what I wanted to do because I've never wanted to sort of pigeonhole myself because there's so many opportunities out there Um, and my first job was presenting for Virgin Games and I did that for 18 months which I was super happy to get because you know straight out of college I've got a presenting job and then that was great now in between that and now I was doing you know little odd jobs as performers do just whether that be waitressing or working on events but what I wanted to do was make sure that if I was working on those events 
how could that sort of help my career? So I used to think outside the box and I thought of it like a networking situation. So I used to create business cards, have business cards with me. And if I met someone who perhaps could help me along the way with what I wanted to do in the performing world, I'd hand him a business card. And on my journey last year, I met Chris Hollins and I said to him, you, you know, I, I want to be a presenter on TV. You know, what, what, what should I do? What advice can you give me? And he said, well, you need to have a niche. And at this point, I just thought, what, what is my niche? And it took me a while to figure it out, but I've had horses all my life. I've always ridden. Um, my grandfather was a really big racing fan and so is my mum. So I've always been around it. And then at Cheltenham Festival this, yeah, this year, it just suddenly hit me that that's what I wanted to do. And I thought, right, that, that I need to go for it. And the thing is with the COVID situation, I had to think outside the box on how I could help myself move towards my goals in my career whilst being locked in London in a flat so that's when I came up with the idea of building a portfolio um, and essentially you know trying to build myself a platform and get my face out there really so that's how it all started so yeah that was my uh, Covid career journey. <laughs> Covid adventure so were you not yeah. Social media racing sort of space beforehand was the first lockdown, the first time you really engaged with all like racing community online. Yeah, so I didn't realise how big the racing community was on Twitter. Like, it, you know, when I discovered it, I thought, oh, okay, so I don't even, you know, if I miss a day of racing, I don't need to watch the catch up. Like, you've got it all there yeah. on Twitter, you know? So um, when I got Twitter, I think it was like June. I was started from scratch and of course that's quite daunting when you're starting social media from scratch because it, you know it takes a long time to build um but I was already on Instagram you know most days um, I'm always like vlogging my life vlogging what I'm doing where I'm going and uh yeah the great thing is with Twitter like I said you know you can catch up on a day's racing and stuff so that my Twitter page started in June yeah did you find it quite intimidating at first sort of racing twitter not really no i mean i don't i don't find a lot of things intimidating i think probably because of my background as in, in performing you just kind of when you're in performing arts college you kind of get prepared of what it's going to be like because as a performer whether it be dancing singing acting tv you have like a essentially like an audience and i've always thought of social media as a business um presenting yourself like you would your cv um, online so I didn't really find it daunting I found it really exciting I was like wow this is so cool <laughs> I feel like you're the complete opposite to me I do not have any <laughs> natural confidence um, so tell us a bit about racing with Hannah how so you said how the ideas sort of came about what do you use your platform for so what I wanted to do like I said was sort of have a portfolio of me interviewing people and I really wanted to do well I began doing jockeys and I thought, you know, if I can just find out what it's like to be a jockey and, and perhaps get a bit of an insight. I mean, I know there's loads of interviews out there already about, you know, where jockeys started and stuff. But I just wanted to, you know, do it myself, really. And also then I can learn things, too. Um, so I my first interview was Mick Fitzgerald, which was like, OK, <laughs> it was really cool. And it was amazing because, you know, finding out about his career, Grand National winner, you know it, it was amazing and so from there I then thought about other people that I wanted to interview 
Um, and then I've done a couple of trainers now. So my, for those people that don't know what my channel is, it's just me um, on Zoom, of course, because of the current situation, it's me interviewing jockeys, trainers, and people in the racing industry um, about, you know, what they do, um, their career, and uh, yeah, just having a good old chat, really. So now you've dipped your toes in the sort of racing interviewing space. Is racing broadcast something that you'd consider as a career path? Yeah, definitely. So that is essentially my end goal. Like that's what I'm aiming towards. But the thing is, like I enjoy lots of things. Like I, I've said to people before, you know, fashion in the racing world is, is a big thing because some ladies may go to the racing and they don't want to watch the horses. They just want to look pretty that day. So, you know, there's other things. And I just, I mean, I'd love being at the races. So to be honest, any job at the race course is completely fine with me. But yeah, no, TV's definitely... Uh, TV presenting for racing is the end goal. Yeah. So um, just jumping in on that point and to pull it apart a little bit, um, there's there's definitely something in sport in general, and this is not really to do with male or female. It's something that's always really existed, which is the the gatekeeping around perceived or unperceived knowledge. So um, you may be the the, the biggest tennis geek in the world but you're probably not going to get the presenting gig unless you've been an ex-player or won a grand slam etc etc do you find or have you found much gatekeeping on racing with regards to knowledge and you know your authority in the space sorry what do you mean by gatekeeping so the gatekeeping that you'll find on social media especially in racing is that you know um let's say well let's say yourself says i really enjoyed so-and-so running. It's a shame they finished second or whatever. And what happens is then someone turns around and says, mm, I'm not sure I'm going to let you in on this conversation because what do you really know about it? What, what, what do you know about this? He should have won. Da, da, da. So essentially the gatekeeping is, you know, letting you into that racing Twitter world as an authority. And I've, you know, when we spoke to Katie and Will, we, we mentioned this and especially with women in, in the Twitter sphere um with racing there's, there's quite a lot of gatekeeping from older males who know more than you apparently and therefore you know why am i listening to you uh, funny they still follow you um but whatever um so i don't know if you've, if you've come across anything like that or whether that you think may hold you back or, or whether your knowledge is is mega anyway so you're you're not worried about it um well for me in particular I think that oh I think we may have lost you there for a second in fact you've gone you turned into the robot alien voice <laughs> uh yeah it looks like you might have a little bit I'm of lag things change to is that better uh right so you've you've turned off your thing let's try again uh you still there yeah I'm st is that better yeah. Uh, yeah. It is better, but yeah, you are. There is a little bit of lag on it, but um, go ahead, carry on. Um, what was I saying? <laughs> oh yes, yes. So I think, especially with Twitter, it's like an open, an open pathway for people to have opinions, and especially you can get people not so nice. You can get people that are really nice, of course. That you know, I've come across really lovely people, but you've got a lot of people, like you said, that will say, "Oh well, I know more than you," and I think that's fine because at the end of the day for me especially i can learn you know a lot more and one of the big reasons i love doing my interviews is because i'm learning from 
the best in the industry and whether that be because I've interviewed some other presenters as well and you know at the end I sort of asked them tips and things and I just think you can never stop um you can never stop learning and I think it's, it's sort of like with punters with betting you know it's this, the same thing when people um have been doing it years and years and years and years and years they do know a lot and I think you know it's up to them if they want to say well you don't know this you don't know that that's absolutely fine that's their opinion and I think it's with social media it's very important to not get kind of absorbed in people's opinions when they say well I don't want to listen to you that's absolutely fine if you don't want to listen to me um, but like you said they'll probably still follow you anyway um but yeah for the moment for me where I'm still learning things I'm not going to be like I'm just not too open about what I feel and what I think I like to listen and you, you know especially with this week with them without you or like you've got opinions coming left right and center and half of those opinions may not be right it's just someone's opinion so yeah you're right there is a lot out there with people deciding oh you know we know more than this person but I think that's just part and parcel of Twitter and social media yeah there's definitely two types of people on racing Twitter there's the ones that are very opinionative and sort of confident and want to give their two cents on everything perhaps because they do have the knowledge and then there's people that kind of want to stay in the middle lane and just like listen and, and understand other people's opinion but not necessarily have like so much to say on on an issue which definitely is probably how I would see myself would you see yourself as that as well sort of not being overly opinionative and sort of more more factual more um staying in the in the middle lane yeah, I I would say so. I mean, the thing is with me, because I've always had horses and grown up with horses, for example, this week with people's opinions on horses being racist and stuff, I look at the facts of trainers saying, you know, they're looking out for horses' welfare rather than some other person's opinion. And so I would go with the facts, really, like you said. And, you know, perhaps in the future, when, when not if, when I get a bigger following, um, you know, I can be a bit more opinionated, but at the moment I just feel like, because I'm just, I, I want to set, you know, out my channel nicely and my Twitter, and I don't want to cause any feuds or any ruffled feathers. And I don't think there's anything wrong with saying your opinion at all, but for now I'm just focusing on my content and being creative because, you know, like I said, because I'm a performer, I just want to keep creative all the time. I mean, I wrote a script the other week and came up with a trailer for my channel because I'm just trying to keep busy. <laughs> so that's, you know, what I'm doing at the moment, really. But yeah, I, I'd agree with you. I'm like that too. That's, um, that's interesting. And um, obviously, um, there, there are some interesting con content creators in racing, uh, probably not enough. And, and we're, we're somewhat... Uh, bound by how the media rights uh, landscape is shaped and, and how that works in racing with regards to access uh, on the race course especially but um, evidence would suggest that we have a pretty engaged um, set of stakeholders uh, trainers are very open to interviews and yard visits uh, jockeys in the main if they're if they're ever sitting in one place for long enough are generally pretty good with their time which is a huge advantage over lots of other sports um there's not many other sports where you know in football a young content creator is not just going to get an interview with Jurgen Klopp or, or or Jose Mourinho just like that so um I think there are some big advantages to it um 
where do you think in the um in the in the short term i think like the idea of scripting by the way is very clever that's that's something most people don't do well enough uh, in the short term where do you think your challenges are going to be in terms of growing your channel and and where do you think uh people have done well that you've that you've seen uh, so far so for me a big thing um that's in my way at the moment is a videographer i feel like for me um I need a videographer because I have lots of ideas and why it sounds ridiculous, but I write them all down because if I don't write them down, I'm there at 11 o'clock at night thinking, Oh, I should do this. And you know, like I, you know, I want to create content for people to watch. And um, I think as well, part of being a presenter, you know, you're, you're presenting the situation that you are showing the viewer. So I've come up with all these ideas, but what stands in my way is having perhaps the money to, um, have the correct camera, you know, because I'm doing it all myself. I'm my director. I am my scriptwriter. I am my editor. I am my social media marketer. Like I'm doing all of the roles myself. And I think I lay myself a little bit too thin sometimes where I want to do all these things, but I'm not quite sure how. Um, and I was actually talking about this to someone uh, before, but yeah, I just think for me, I mean, I know um, that's perhaps not the answer you were looking for, but like for me, I, I was thinking, you know, I need like um, a videographer to come around with me and then I can talk about, I don't know, this horse and this trainer and perhaps go and walk a course and, you know, all these things. But it's having the, the time and whilst I'm on my journey at the moment, I'm meeting a lot of people. Actually, I was going to put a tweet out to see if I could find a videographer because I'm sure there's plenty out there. But, you know, there's, there's things that are just going to be a bit tricky for me to build my channel, but I'm sure I'll, I'll figure it out because I normally do. <laughs> so. Are you vlogging at the minute? Like, what equipment are you using? Are you using an iPhone? Yeah, so I'm, it's literally just my iPhone um, or my laptop, just my Mac. So for Zoom, you know, just the camera. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of, well, I'm actually looking at some microphones at the moment, which William uh, was uh, showing me good ones to get. So, you know, it's, for me, it's now fine tuning and making things look a bit more professional because I want things to look good and, uh, I'm aware like with Zoom, if it's blown up on a big screen, it's not really great, you know, high quality and stuff. And I'd like it to look really professional, and really good and TV standard, you know. So, um, but then I, that could be me just setting my standards too high. But, you know. I've been watching a lot of YouTube recently, really gotten into it. And some of the, the camera qualities are just incredible. And so I thought how much are these cameras um and oh my god they're so expensive i know they're so expensive how half, half people afford them um definitely a big investment but like i say literally tv quality some of these ones it's it is yeah. hard for young uh, content creators because although you're empowered by the phone and and any other reasonably cheap electronics to to do whatever you want whenever you want um, you know, this is the premise of TikTok, right? Um, when you want to go to the next level, when you want to look more refined, there's a time and cost element. And there are some great resources online. Websites like Fiverr can get you a long way. But yeah, if you need someone to uh, follow you around and do video work, you know, those people uh, are presumably doing that for a job as well. So it's quite hard to begin with. But what tends to happen in my limited experience uh, with things like this is as you 
keep going. Um, opportunities uh, happen; uh, they 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 come your way. And I think in in racing, there's a willing audience for it too. That's the other thing. And I was going to come on to this. Um, we kind of were going to put the question to you: Why start a, a racing channel? Which you pretty much answered. But um, there's there's something in it really because again, if you look at football, tennis, cricket, maybe not cricket, but golf or whatever, it'd be very very hard to to launch a YouTube channel that anyone would want to watch. You know, there's just so much mm -hmm. of it. And racing, there's some um, unbelievable content that ATR Sky Racing uh, TV put out, etc. But we've seen lots of content creators kind of really making inroads now. Um, with with the opportunities there. Hannah, what would be your, like, you've, you've mentioned some ideas like walking the course, I love all that stuff. What would be like if you could go somewhere tomorrow and do some bit of content, like on your idea list that you've written down that's probably like the size of your wall, where, um, what, what would you do tomorrow if, if you had all the resource? What would you, what do you think your audience or the racing audience would really get into? Well, I have an idea. Um, I, I wasn't going to say it just because I haven't finalized it yet, so I'm hoping to do that but um, my ideal would be actually I'll just say what an ideal situation would be if someone from ITV called me up tomorrow and said we just like um, a little five minute segment of you um, chatting to I don't know a grand national winner uh, walking the course at Aintree and just having a chat about his experience and what it was like that would be the ideal because I think to hear someone's experience firsthand of what it's like is is completely different because I know we you know we're watching the the jockeys go over fences um, and I know there's a lot of people um, you know they open on their social media now but um, you know a lot of interviewers as well are already interviewing jockeys and stuff like you know on TV but I just think it's really nice to hear firsthand what it's like and the experience and and how that adrenaline was and just to, yeah j I, yeah I just that that would be the ideal for me i mean look i know it's a massive dream but i just think if you don't dream it won't ever happen so no that's quite right and i think the the first-hand perspective of of all sports women and men is something that fans crave something we speak about in our racing league meetings all the time is that the the way to to uh, infuse fans of things is to give them more right so you really become a fan mm. of something when you geek out over it and then you can't possibly have enough information, just want more and more and more. And I think that unlike other sports, most people have never ridden a thoroughbred racehorse, uh, whether on the flat or, or jumping over uh, obstacles. So uh, to hear it firsthand and to see Jockey Cam, who we had Nathan on the other day from Jockey Cam, it is stuff that people crave, right? And um, so I think that you're on the right lines there. Um, Becky, you had a question uh, come in about uh, starting in lockdown, I think. Let me have a look. Um... Oh yes, it was. <laughs> I can't even find it. <laughs> yeah, no. So there was one, well, Hannah, about because of oh, lockdown yes. and Zoom. You, you mentioned Zoom. Yeah, um, so you were pretty restricted to online interviews, and I've seen recently that you've done, I think, a yard visit. And um, did you go to a start as well? Yeah. Yeah. So what, what's next for you? Where are you next going to take the channel? Are you going to do more um, yard visits, more, mm. just less interviews just on Zoom and actually go out to, I don't know, Newmarket and stuff and, and take it out there? 
Yeah, I'd like to. I mean, you know, with the whole uh, COVID situation, like I said, I've had to do it on Zoom, but I th it's very convenient and it's convenient for very busy people. So I'm still going to continue doing them on Zoom. Um, but what I would like to do is to, um, you know, go and visit. So I'll always ask the person if I can come and visit them and if I can interview them in person. But again, it's that situation of finding someone to film me. <laughs> um, but, you know, I'm sure I can drag my boyfriend in to do it. But uh, yeah, so hopefully some more visits. Um, I'd like to visit some yards that perhaps aren't so big. Um, and, and not so heard of. Um, at my yard, we've just got a, a thoroughbred um, finished his career and he's come in. And I was speaking to the guy that bought him and he's just, um, he's moved on to another yard now working, but he said that his old yard would be happy for me to come. So I just think it'd be really nice to visit all these other places, you know, see how it all works there because everybody's different. And uh, yeah, because, you know, like, you know, with the big TV um interviews and things you always see the well-known trainers which is good and, and i get that but i just think for youtube and things it's just nice to meet other people and it, in, it'd be good for me to learn about how someone else trains and their opinion and perhaps how they started and you know just picking up little bits from everybody little bits of everyone's experience and i can i'll end up learning i'll have a big brain of knowledge come 30 years <laughs> yeah and also interviewing um sort of the lesser known ones and that you don't see so much on the tv you get it's a lot more fresh as well in terms of what they're saying because i have found recently watching sort of interviews with um various bigger trainers they literally just regurgitate the same thing and then you'll you'll go from an itv interview to a atr interview to a racing post interview or whatever and they're just saying the exact same thing to all these different people, whereas you don't get that if you're speaking to to someone who who do, maybe doesn't get interviewed that much and, and has a lot to mm. say. Um, and I think that yeah, your followers would definitely find that more interesting. Yeah, and you know, I'm like I said, like I, I love to visit places. And but another thing as well, because someone said to me like, oh, you know, when you do interviews in person, are you going to be in the video? And obviously, I. I will be because I want to build my portfolio for interviewing and showing what I can do. Um, and hopefully if people enjoy, you know, maybe my personality and what I'm like, then they'll follow me just to see what I'm up to and what I'm doing and, oh, where's she going next? And hopefully because they enjoy my content, but also watching me. So if that goes to plan, <laughs> then hopefully it'll be all right. Um, let's just look at the other side of, of um, social for a minute. And this is something that we we spoke about at length with Katie and Will is the, the, I wouldn't say less pleasant. I mean, it's not, some of it's not pleasant side of, of putting your life online. So of course your, your, your racing channel is, is in its infancy, but likely to grow fast as, as you make content. Of course um, you have your other channels, I guess, for your own life and maybe for more leaning towards your entertainment and dancing. Um, we saw yesterday, or during our research, a, a very striking pose of you wearing something, I think, made of snakeskin or something like that. Um, do you feel like um, that that helps your, your other channel, or do you try and keep the two things pretty separate, or, or do you want to kind of, you know, just generally, you know, put creative imagery out there that people are going to find interesting about you, the person? So this has been something that I've had to really think about because 
racing and the performing world is like chalk and cheese, you know? Yeah. So, um, I, you know, I was a showgirl as well. So one day I'll have huge feathers on my head and the next morning I'm in my wellies mucking out my horse. So it's, <laughs> I live like a very strange life. Um, but yeah, like a lot of people would be like, oh, you know, uh, wow to the feathers or like, oh, the feathers, you know? So I've had to think, well, certain people follow you for a reason and my main instagram account that's the one i've had for years and then i'm building for everything so it'll have like you know bits of me um doing my presenting bits of me doing my dancing but in my instagram stories it's me vlogging my life every day and i like to think that i'm just being me you know and, and going about my everyday life but i have created another instagram page which is just my horsey stuff and my presenting talking about racing because you know if i've got someone who's following my racing stuff they don't want to see me when I was in my dance class last week doing a bit of musical theatre you know so I've I've just split the two um, Instagram pages just for followers but like you said if you google me or whatever those things do come up I think I've got like a um, my acting profile somewhere because you can just they're like acting pages like Facebook for actors and stuff so all these things come up and I've had to think well you know, do I end up not doing my photo shoots? Um, because as a dancer, you have photo shoots. Um, and that the snake one was um, a creative one I did the other week. Because like I said, I'm always trying to be creative. And um, a photographer that I shoot with a lot, he was like, I want to do this this snake idea. Um, and it's just me in a, in my, in a dance leotard. Um, so yeah, I'd have it on my normal page. But like on Twitter, I don't post any of that stuff because, you know. And also, you don't want people to get the wrong impression. But then, then again, that's, that's something that I have, I'm going to have to just see what happens, you know, I'm going to have to see how people react to that. And, but at the end of the day, I'm a trained dancer as well. So do I end up like, I, I, like I said before, I would never pigeonhole myself to one thing because, you know, I'm not like that. I mean, my dreams go so big to, I want to be presenting on TV, but I'd also love to be on a, a tv advert campaign i don't know modeling a pair of earrings you know but being me but so i'd never pigeon myself pigeonhole myself to just be like oh i'm just going to be a presenter i'm going to forget all my dancing and forget all the creative things i do so yeah i've had to just separate them and just keep it relevant to the audience yeah it's 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 tough this because um let's let's not be around the bush there there are lots of people that follow attractive women on Twitter and then say either, you know, fairly inappropriate things, either publicly or privately. Um, I think it's magnified in racing because it's not, although it's a big sport, the, the bubble is not that big. Um, you know, footballers get way, way more abuse. Uh, of course, jockeys get some horrendous abuse. But what we have noticed, and again, what we spoke about with Katie before, was the the sheer inappropriateness uh and and you know to be honest some of the comments are, are pretty pretty vile if you know if there's a picture for example of you going out you know rather than oh you're not standing next to a horse you either get all the the creepy compliments which some of them are you know perfectly fine um or you get the people saying oh why are you posting a picture of you you know dressed up like that you know why aren't you mucking out the horse so you've got this kind of very horrible kind of middle ground uh, where you you should try and be yourself um but at the same time you know are people following you for that or the other it's it is quite a difficult balance do you know what's crazy i don't get any of it and it's i spoke to katie about this before i was like 
I don't get messages. And I said, is there something wrong with me? Because I just don't get any messages. I don't get creepy messages. Um, and I know they do happen. Like, I, you know, my friends get some, and I'm like, oh my gosh. Um, but I'm hoping, I am hoping that with my, you know, with my um, dance pictures or, or whatever, because at the end of the day, I'm not doing anything that's like, oh god what's she doing do you know what I mean it's just all it's all professional stuff and I'm not like you know I didn't take that picture in a bedroom or anything it's like all professional things so I'm just trying to be really transparent and say well that's my dance picture so if someone turned around to me <clears throat> excuse me and said why are you posting that I'll say well it's part of my portfolio and actually um it just so happened that a couple of weeks ago I'm quite good at diffusing situations on social media but um this one guy was sort of just trying to take the mick out out of something that I posted. It was um, a horse thing that I posted. I think it was my horse galloping or something. And he was just taking the mick. Um, oh, why why do you bother saying all this stuff? And then I just messaged him. I think his name was Tom. And I said, hi, Tom. Basically, the reason why I'm doing this is because I'm just trying to build my portfolio and I'm just trying to share relevant content and stuff. And actually, he was really nice back. He was like, oh, I'm really sorry. That's really cool. I, I now see you in a different light. Because sometimes people don't understand. And I think a lot of negativity comes from people, keyboard warriors, perhaps just being like, oh, who's this? Well, I just explain like, what I'm doing. And this is, I, I'm, you know, I'm doing it for a good reason. I'm just trying to build my portfolio. And then when people understand it, it's like, oh, okay. Because I'm not going to argue with anyone on social media or anything. So it just diffuses the situation and then we move on. No, we wouldn't want to argue with anyone on social media, that's for sure. <laughs> Having had to chain my hands behind my back for the last two years every time we mention oh. our racing competition oh god yeah i can relate to that uh, yeah that's um and thankfully we haven't <laughs> let um jeremy loose on social media yet i think that would be a disaster can you imagine no oh. i don't i don't want to it's, it's hard enough keeping him on a leash as it is um okay look we're getting we're getting close to to time um becky i think you've probably got um the this or that. Nine, the nine questions. Is it nine? I think. Yes, I thought it was ten um, because I numbered them wrong and then I realised nine, which I think I'm going to have to add another one in at one point to make it ten because the number nine just kind of annoys me. Yeah, we forgot to do this with Deborah yesterday. We didn't actually forget. Zoom, uh, Zoom told us that we only had a, a minute left. Um, we're on unrestricted Zoom today. Um, I decided to to log in with the correct account. Um, but let's let's see how Hannah deals with these questions. This, by the way, Hannah, this your career is defined by these answers. So be careful. Yeah, we will judge. Okay. Okay. Um, so it's just um, nine questions. There'll be two options in each question, and you just say which one you prefer, basically. Okay. So question, you sound really nervous. <laughs> I know, because I'm like, I need to not keep speaking, because I know I talk so much, so I need to concentrate <laughs> and not keep talking. So sorry. <laughs> question number one, Cheltenham or Ascot? Cheltenham. Yeah. Tea or coffee? Oh, tea. I, yeah, I was going to say I drink 12 cups a day nearly. It's so bad. 12 cups. <laughs> I love tea. Uh, dogs or cats? dogs i love them both but dogs you've really struggled with all three questions so far i feel um, <laughs> sunset or sunrise some sunrise uh city or countryside countryside bar oh. or pub pub uh red or white wine white yeah. All or rugby? 
What, what was that, sorry? Football or rugby? Football. And final question, sprinters or stayers? Sprinters. Oh, second bus. Wow. Third Unbelievable. Sprinters. The sprinters are having a comeback after seven stayers in a row. We had a sprinter. Yeah. Uh, who, was, who was it who gave a sprinter last time out? It was John. John, John from racing uh, to school. Yeah. yeah. Well, finally, the sprinters are getting something back. Isn't that nice? <laughs> um, I find it so hard just picking one thing. When someone gives me a choice, I'm so indecisive with those things. You yeah, literally well, say an answer and then you'd kind of be under your breath like, wait, do I? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, I have to really think about that because I'm not actually sure. I'm like that with the Quality Street since it's a Christmas-related comment that when people give you the tub of Quality Street and you, you have to do that Larry David kind of curb your enthusiasm thing where you both look at each other in the eye. You know you're only supposed to take one. Maybe that's my next, that's my 10th question. I do like Quality Street or Roses. That could be like the Christmas question. Or just which, with it actually, yeah, it's, that's not that. Well, about celebrations though. They've, Cele they've, yeah, they've, or Heroes. Well, yeah, this is the thing because I think it's heroes versus celebrations. They're kind of the more, I guess, they're the newer ones. And then yeah. old school quality street or roses. Mm. Maybe we'll do two. Philosophical questions for our age. Um, <laughs> okay, on that on that groundbreaking note, um, thank you very much, Hannah, for joining us. Uh, it's been nice to meet you. I'm sure we uh, will cross paths in the near future, and um, hopefully, you can help us out with some stuff with Racing League along the way. Um, Rebecca, I expect you're going to the gym now, aren't you? Um, do I want to go to the gym? Uh, How is the fitness regime going? We didn't get an update, actually. I've really been slacking the last week. Um, mm. but That's so good that you're going to the gym, though. I was supposed to sign up, and I just haven't got around to it. I've been doing home workouts, Don't and then believe. I accidentally forget to do Don't believe everything you it. hear. Don't <laughs> believe everything you hear online. There could be an awful <laughs> amount of fake news involved here, trust me. <laughs> Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying my best, but yeah, I'm. I'm it, it's Christmas. Was well, almost Christmas. And I, oh yeah, just start in January. Yeah, just do that. Right, talking of starting in January, um, racing league. Uh, we've probably got a couple more, maybe two more podcasts uh, next week. We've got a popular trainer joining us, um, and uh, we'll hope to see you all soon. Uh, thanks, Hannah, and thanks, Becky, and see you next time. Thank you very much.